Hey guys, so this is the first podcast. Um, not sure if I should give my name. <laughs> this is kind of new to me, but uh, I've got a good friend here, and I don't know if I want to give his name either. Let's just play it by ear for now <laughs> and go along. We are making a podcast today about something I call next chapters. So I'm currently military, and the friend that I have here is also military, but he's recently ex-military. So we just came together today. We thought it'd be a good idea to reach out to our audience and connect with them on a few topics that concern the military, things they may have gone through, stuff that are um, things that are pressing issues, all that stuff. So we just want to spend a little time, talk about it. So without making it too long, let's go ahead and jump right into it, okay? Like I said, I'll think about giving the name. <laughs> I'll think about giving the name at some point. But anyway, let's let's go ahead and roll into it. So, look, man, appreciate you coming through. Yeah, no doubt. This is um, probably going to be the first of many podcasts for me. And just a quick you know, note to the audience and to yourself, bro, I, I thought about doing a podcast for a little while, but I didn't know where to start. I'm pretty sure, like 100%, most people when they start their podcast have the same issue. Like they don't know what they're going to talk about for 15, 30 minutes. And it's interesting how this came together because most of the stuff just fell into place as I naturally was talking. And I tried to do the best that I could to either write something down, like, ooh, that'd be good for the podcast, let's write that down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I tried to like write something down or just actively think about a topic. But I would say, and this is no lie, most of the, the good topics came by virtue of just natural conversation. Yes, it's came by natural conversation. So we'll keep it casual, man. It's not going to be anything formal, nothing too stressed or high intensity. But we do want to tackle a few important issues. First one, I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. First one is you're getting out now. Let's say you did all this. And you know how in those sitcoms, they have a person go through a situation and literally right at the end of the situation or at some point during, they pause the character on the screen and they literally rewind um, all the events back to the beginning. If you had to rewind your whole career back to the beginning, what would you do differently? And beginning as in boot camp, boot camp, or even like going to the recruiter's office. That yeah. that beginning, like, what would you do? That's um, actually a, a great question. Um, and if I was to say go back to the recruiter's office, um, there isn't really much you can do about that that process because it's it's built upon lies. Mm, <laughs> I don't dang. know. <laughs> Came out the gate. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, yeah, they're pretty much lying. I, uh... <laughs> I don't know any recruiter um, who pretty much gives it to you straight and lets you know, hey, you know, this is what you're walking into. This is what you're going to have to deal with okay. over the course of the next few years. And I think that's all by design. Because um, if you come out to the person, hey, you know, you're going to endure all of these hardships. You're going to have to go through these constant battles, these constant struggles. And if you say anything about it, you're going to be reprimanded. Mm. Who's going to sign that dotted line? Man, <laughs> I know listen, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's crazy. And it's wild you say that because um, most of my experience, and I'm still active, guys, like I said. So you've got an ex-military member who's on his way out and um, an active military member who you're, whom you're, uh, who, who's the host. So most of what you said is really true. Uh, I would just add, I honestly would just add, you can do something about it, but they 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 make it 
difficult for YouTube. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of hoops that you have to jump through to like make sure you get what you want. Because for example, you know, have you ever heard when you go to a job, you know, man, make sure you negotiate yeah, your salary, yeah. uh, make sure you get things in writing. I'm not gonna lie, that's been the hardest thing to do because you can sit down across from an interviewer, have the interviewer, um, or talk to the interviewer and tell them what you want, but how do you actually get things in writing? Yeah, they can send it to you, like by email after you finish, but once you get the contract, like that's kind of the contract. You can read it over yeah. and decide not to sign, but the likelihood of them maybe passing on you is is, is high, but you need a job. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's kind of, one of those things too, but um, not to say that the military is gonna just pass on you because they'll do <laughs> <laughs> they'll do everything in their power to take you. Um, but that's interesting. So let me ask you this: What if somebody came to you when you were wound time, rewinded or rewound? I always mess that up grammatically. Anyway, but if you if you spun time back, if you spun it back, right? Exactly. If you did the zoop zoop, what would you say to a person that says, you know, man, I'm thinking about getting into the military? What what would be your advice? That's the next topic. So we already covered y'all, just to keep y'all up. We already covered what he would do personally um, if you round time to uh, the recruiter's office. But then now we're talking about if a person came to him, knowing what he knows now about the military, and said, I want to go to the military. What, what would you say? Man, that's actually a, a great question. And I think if, because I've had multiple people come and ask me before, you know, hey, should I join this and the third? And I think it's really a situational based thing. Okay. If this is your last option and the judge is telling you you either go to the military or go to jail, I'd probably take the military. Hey, he took it old school. <laughs> <laughs> Just for, for those of y'all who don't know, they actually used to do that. Like cats who used to um, have a hard time either in school and repeatedly got kicked out or like were on their way to prison because of maybe um, uh, an offense of some kind. I don't know exactly. So I don't want callers call, calling in. It's like, well, actually it was a felony. If it, yeah, I don't want people calling in telling me, you know what I'm saying, like the actual offense. If you were going to jail, then you had the option back in the gap to, um, you know, go to the military instead. And... You know, that, that, that says a little something. <laughs> that says something about the military. But go ahead, sorry. But no, no, just just to continue in, in that same vein, man, um, I think it, it's a real, like I said, it's a situational-based thing to where if it's really your last resort and, you know, you're, you're facing being homeless or, you know, yeah. possibly death because you're out in the streets doing whatever, mm -hmm. then I, I'd say take it. But if you're, you're doing it just to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm lazy and I don't feel like doing something, I feel like there's other options you, you, yeah. can definitely, you can definitely look into before tapping into that, man. Again, and this is just, you know, for me, but I feel like the military should be like a, a last resort, something you reach to, mm -hmm. because this is the only career path that you can hop into, and depending on how you perform, it can negate or pretty much affect the rest of your life afterwards. I see. And the reason I, I, I say that is because, let's say you, you decide to come in, you know, because it's your last resort and, you know, you aren't seeing eye to eye with leadership or, you know, they feel like you're causing constant problems. Well, you know, it's it's them versus you, you know, you being the little man on the totem pole versus, you know, an entire organization and the way they have things structured, you know. So depending on how things fare out, you can kind of screw yourself out of other potential jobs based upon how you perform here. Mm. And y'all, we, we, I just want to chime in here. It's, we're running on like almost eight minutes. Um, but since this is my first podcast, y'all forgive me. We're going to figure out how to do the breaks and 
put in all the, the cool break music and all that stuff. We do have sponsors that are gonna be sponsoring us. Um, but they're giving me a little latitude to, you know, just work this first one out and then we'll start working in the breaks and the music and all that stuff. But, you know, give me, give me a break. It's my first time. <laughs> first time. So we're just gonna run this one straight through. Um, that's interesting, man. Uh, oh, and I'll get rid of all the uhs too. I know I'm saying that a lot, but that's interesting you say that. If you have that in mind, I would again add, if a person is coming in and that is their only option, and it's a viable one, like you said, to counteract being in the streets, counteract uh, going to jail, those kind of things, I would I would mention if they're deciding to come in, make sure they get a financial counseling, a for real one. Legit. Because that seems to be the biggest issue for military members when they're in. I remember sitting, and this is not a lie, I remember sitting in Starbucks before I, I got in. I'd already gone to the recruiter's office. I was like, man, this is my last time dealing with what I'm dealing with out here, job market-wise. I have a job, I've got a place, but it's not what I'm looking for. I'm still kind of living paycheck to paycheck, blah, blah, blah. I sat down in Starbucks and I had nothing with me. I usually bring my laptop, but I was kind of at a very low place and I ordered uh, a chai latte, or no, I'm sorry, uh, a chai tea. Sat there, started drinking it. Two military members, two black women came in, sat in the table, uh, catacorn to mine near the back. Tell me why I heard them say, man, I didn't know being in the military, man, we're living paycheck to paycheck. I was like, yo, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm coming in there to try to like, you know, yeah. not. And the only thing I didn't realize though, is that you can still win. You can still make it financially and not live paycheck to paycheck. And that's kind of a positive spin I want to put on things that if you do come in, and again, I'm the active military member. That doesn't mean I fully support or, you know, support at all <laughs> the military. Um, it just means that my perspective may be a little bit different, but you can actively win financially if you're in the military. Just make sure you budget your money well. Like, you know, there are a couple of mem uh, friends that we have who um, are not rich, but like based on how they save damn near all their checks, they are taken care of. I came in a bit non-traditional because I already had bills, but I still was able to use the little pay that they gave me. I won't give you guys my rank. Like I said, I'm, I'm debating on whether or not I like y'all yet. <laughs> so I'm you know, holding off on some of the information, but I came in and used the, the military and was able to pay off a large part of my debt. So if a person going back to the original situation were to ask, hey man, I wanna go in, what do you think? Okay. If you really want to go on and this is your only option, like you say, let's do this quick financial counseling. You know, let's let's just talk about how your money's gonna work. So that's good. That's good. So I'll, I'll get off that horse. We we beat it enough. But um, the next thing I wanted to ask you, man, and this is getting a little serious into a, a more serious area, and we're doing real good too. We're only at 11 minutes. Is this all right? Let's take a let's take a deep breath. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. This is the topic of, I'll just say issues in the military, right? Yeah. So you talked about what you would do if you had to do it all over again. You talked about how you would counsel somebody if they wanted to do it from the beginning themselves. Mm -hmm. Now let's just talk about some of the, the problems or some of the issues, the not so good parts about the military. And we'll end on a positive note, y'all. I don't want to start y'all's Monday off on like a, dang, I feel depressed the rest of the week kind of deal. We'll start it off good. Definitely. Um, 
But tell me about the culture between men and women um, in the military. Like this, that's the first one I want to attack, especially in light of all the stuff that happened in uh, the civilian world. You know, with um, major actors, comedians. Uh, yeah, the Me Too movement. You know, so let's jump into that. Is there a Me Too movement in the military? Essentially, yes. Um, the military, and and I can't speak for every branch of service, mm-hmm. only for a Navy, but aside from that, I feel that there is a huge, great culture in the military, and it's something that they process in boot camp. In boot camp, you have the pretty much the, the sapper training, you know, and you pretty much have that training every year for the rest of the remainder of the time you'll be in the military. Okay, so they, they keep doing it. They right, keep basically, they're having the every same year. training every, <laughs> every All the time. <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. stop. <laughs> and their reasoning behind that, or, the, or at least what any Navy chief will tell you, is um, essentially uh, we keep having the same training because these events keep occurring. Well, maybe we should look at the training and see why these events are occurring. Mm. You know, maybe the training is fueling these so-called events. Wow. And the reason I say this is because um, the cyber training pretty much is a training on sexual assault and sexual harassment and what things can be considered assault and harassment and third-party assault or harassment, which I've never heard of until getting into the military. Right. <laughs> if I see, I'm still baffled yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. If I see a man kissing a woman or a man kissing a man or a woman kissing a woman, you know, I have no right to feel offended and file harassment on them. Like, mm-hmm. that's their situation. Right. You know, I should be totally excluded from that. But in the military, that's the thing. And they, they continuously um, perpetuate the same training over and over. And um, it's, it's really geared towards helping women file sexual assault claims against military men, military members. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to be anything that protects the men or... Yeah, essentially, there's nothing that really protects protects right. the men. So I want to jump in there real quick because I, I want to tackle one or two things you said. You came up with like a few good points. The first one was rape culture. You mentioned that like the military has a rape culture. Because I was asking, hey, you know, how about the relationship between men and women? We talked about the Me Too movement. We both agreed on that. I know what that is. Is the rape culture similar to the Me Too movement? Like, what what is the rape culture you're talking about? Um, the rape culture in the military is is more so of, and I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> Listen, y'all. He over here sweating bullets. He over here sweating bullets because he knows he knows that you know people. The, the military's trifling. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna say the military's trifling. They're always looking to try to like catch somebody up. So if you say the wrong thing, they, so he's he's over here sweating bullets trying to make sure he says the right thing. And I would have because I'm still active in this joint. I just, but um, we, it's like I said, we're still gonna talk about it because it's something that needs to be addressed. Not not too many people are dressing like they should. But go ahead. So rape culture, you're telling me. No. So essentially, uh, the, the rape culture in the military is um essentially we as I already mentioned we have the same training over and over and we have a pretty crappy legal system in the military. I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of the UCMJ, but pretty much it's, the military has their own constitution to where the UCMJ supersedes the United States constitution when it comes to military Which is scary. And we have our own court system, our own lawyers and things of that nature to decipher the the document itself. And we have a, I believe it's article 92, it's like the catch-all. So if they can't get you on anything else, 
they can get you on Article 92, which is the failure to obey a general order. My God. You know, it's like, well, if I can't get you, I'm going to get you on this for sure. And with that being done, there's, like, subsidiaries of different, like, acts and things that they can, like, pretty much catch you up on. But essentially with the rate coach in the military, um, to keep a long story short, um, it's just a, con- a continuation of them pretty much trying to, like, find ways to, like, catch men up. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't seem to be anything that, that protects the uh, the male members. Um, yeah, and it's tough, man, because I, I had that attitude before I came into the military that the court systems, even on the civilian side, civilian sector, where we all were non-military members, you'd hear story after story. And certain states got reputations, like California got the main yeah, reputation yeah. when it came to like child support um, or uh, divorce court oh, settlements, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, it always seemed to be in favor of the woman. and. To a degree, I was okay with certain things being in, in their favor, especially when it came to um, like divorce settlements and custody of like the children if the male wasn't present or if you know he was unfit. But there's very rarely any talk, or if there was talk, it had to be a lot of talk to prove uh, those same things on the woman's side. You know, and this is not, I'm not gonna turn this into like a woman bashing anything, but I just want to speak the truth. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in one of the trainings myself. And they were talking about equal opportunity. Yeah. And oh Lord, listen again, callers. If y'all call up here, uh, or leave me messages, be 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 nice, okay? Because I just I'm just addressing what I, what happened. So I'm I'm in a training, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely tie back into the rape culture or like the the men and women relationships. We were talking about why is there an issue? Like the there's an officer holding the training. He asked, "What seems to be the issues that you guys recognize?" on your day-to-day that applied to equal opportunity. I literally raised, I was new at the command. I was new to the thing. I literally raised my hand and I said, well, there seems to be an, an inequality when it comes to workload. You know, we, we cry all the time about things being equal, but let's say as military members, we're required to lift certain things or we're required to do working parties or details. Um, I know I've heard, and I said I heard, because I'm not going to get into certain aspects of, you know, shore and duty, or shore and sea, because I don't want people to be like, oh man, you never did, shut up. <laughs> so, I said, you know, it's usually, it's usually the case where I've heard people say that when they're working details, the women aren't really on the working details, mm-hmm. you know, but we're still crying about equality, and it usually comes by virtue of the women saying, hey, things aren't equal. For our side, men are getting this and women aren't getting this. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So spinning that back into the rape culture, it's like, well, the same things we both saw on the civilian side, we're also seeing again. And would you agree that it's like probably a little worse in the military or not so much? I would definitely agree it's worse um, because let's say a woman cries rape or whatnot. And if if it did or didn't happen, I'm not here to to debate that. Um, She has access to... um, you know, different healthcare providers and things like that and you know she can go to, to counseling and, and, and this stuff and, and, and get like psychiatric help and whatnot but um and that same token if it comes out that um it wasn't true there's nothing for the man like he doesn't get any extra benefit or you know an apology or anything like that you know it's, it's just like okay well better be careful better luck next time yeah you know? and it's like man like my whole life could have been ruined right you know so it's, it's definitely uh, an interesting dynamic, you know, and I, I feel like it's definitely worse in the military.
Man, so if people are going through that with male to female relationships in general, uh, and I'll go ahead and switch topics here because, like I said, that's a real sensitive one for me. Uh, it's something I've been kind of dealing with my whole life in terms of seeing issues, experiencing a little bit those same issues, and of course now being an active military member, seeing it a lot more. Like you said, it happens a lot more in the military. But let's go ahead and transition a little bit. So, with that being the case between men and women, just in general, the culture of the military. Let's go ahead and tackle that one real fast before we get out of here. Um, and like I said, guys, we're at like 20 minutes or so. Uh, I'll make sure that you know we wrap this up in like a nice 30-minute package uh, or a little less if possible. But the general culture of the military, and I'll go ahead and combine two. Let's say the general culture of the military and uh, a very touchy issue: suicide. Okay. Right. So if you have things going on like what we described with men and women mm -hmm. in the rape culture in the Me Too movement, <clears throat> um, but just the military version. What about? The suicide, like, is there a correlation between the culture of the military and suicide? Can you speak to both of those, like, what the culture of the military is, and then how it may or may not tie into suicide? Feel, yeah, I can definitely definitely tackle that one, man. Um, I feel that the suicide rates are definitely higher in the military and more higher amongst enlisted individuals in the military. Um, and mainly that's, I would say that's, that's attributed to how the military is ran, not just like a, a regular business, but more so like a machine to where if that part isn't working, okay, it's insufficient. Let's kick it out and replace it with a new part. Mm -hmm. So and basically the members are the parts. Yeah, the members are the parts. Okay. And they're expendable. Very expendable. <laughs> and and they, they won't shy away to keep reminding you of that. You know, you're just a number here, just like you would be in prison. Wow. You know, you're, you're legit, that's just deep. a number. That that's tough, man. That really is tough. And I, I'm jumping in there because like people always people talk about the prisoner pipeline system to where you got bells that move you from place to place. You got you know teachers, which are kind of like the COs. And this is just a correlation that, that I've heard. Um, but the same thing in the military. You know they they can they kind of control you. Yeah. You give up those rights to exchange them for the quote-unquote rights that you have under UCMJ. Like you yeah. said, that supersedes the U.S. Constitution. And guys, feel free to fact-check us. Feel free to you know look up some things about uh, the, the suicide rate for enlisted versus um, officer side. Uh, we're not making any claims as to what those rates are specifically. We just have a feeling that they're you know more so on on the enlisted side because of you know the things that enlisted members go through. So. Yeah, man, go ahead and continue. My bad. I just thought that was really interesting. No, no. Um, but yeah, man, I would, I would feel just because of the, the whole attitude of, you know, we're all replaceable, you know, I think that kind of attributes to um, people not feeling worthy mm -hmm. or, or not feeling like they're significant, like no one cares. And it's, it's especially tougher for sailors who are fresh out of high school, mm. who, who come in, you know, with real, really no worldly experience. You know, they're coming in fresh from high school and this is their... They're thrown into the, the what they would consider the job world because you know that they, they've never had any um, job experience prior. This is kind of like their their feet touching the water, and you know, pretty much being out in wherever they had your station, away from family, away from friends, and if you aren't really close with your coworkers or you don't have that that person you can talk to and be a soundboard, you kind of wallow in your own. Um, your own negativity, your own depression, uh, yeah, and all depression. that stuff. Yeah, that's usually caused by the military. Right, right. <laughs> but um, it's really just that. I apologize for the uh, the ums, but it's really just 
a continuous cycle of feeling overlooked, feeling like no one cares. And usually, you know, they, they kind of don't. Like, even when it comes to, to leadership in that aspect, if they see something going on, if they, if they hear something from the E3 underground that, you know, that there's something going on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they'd address that person with the whole ask, care, treat, which is a, a Navy acronym, um, ACT is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And if you say no the first time they ask you, you know, do you feel like committing suicide, then that's a check in the box for them. They've kind of completed their responsibility their and their, their hands to watch. Like, well, I asked, he said no, she said no, so, you know, I'm kind of guilt-free after that. Yeah. And God forbid that person actually does commit suicide. Yeah, that speaks to a bigger problem, man, in society, because you see a lot of people, and I notice nowadays, a lot of people are very selfish. Yeah. You know, once Hollywood, and I'm not putting it all on Hollywood, obviously. Actually, I don't put any onus on Hollywood. Um, it's still us as individuals. Like, when that culture started blossoming real big, to where it left California and started highlighting other cities like Atlanta, New York, um, you know, Houston, stuff like that. They brought a culture with them of people that were uncaring, people that just were very selfish and out to become the star. Like all they saw was stardom uh, or all they saw was, you know, being on the silver screen, that kind of thing. So they created a culture of just selfishness. It's like, so long as I got mine, so long as I'm taken care of, it, it doesn't really matter. I'll, I'll pretend as though I care. I'll ask you a few questions, say this or that, and then at that point, we're, I'm good. You know, I've done my due diligence to at least ask you. Yeah. And then they leave, and I'm like, what? what is that? What is that? And in the military, they it, it's worse because you're evaluated on um, whether or not you ask. In the civilian side, they don't care if you ask or not. That's why it's a little bit grimier the way that they do it. But in the military, people, literally will pretend sometimes to care about your situation, ask you a question, and then document that they asked you so that they can say, hey, I've done my, my due diligence, yeah. I ask about my sailors, I check you know, this box off. It, it just seems it seemed very superficial and uh, un, uncaring, unfeeling. Yeah. And uh, I don't mean to sound like we're getting all into our feelings, but you know, if you're talking about something as sensitive as suicide or depression that leads to suicide, those things matter. Those I things agree. matter. I agree. So, I'm trying to trying to scroll here to see if there's anything else um, we want to touch on. And, and, and before, oh, we, before we move on to the next topic, um, I don't like to toss out problems without giving solutions. And mm-hmm. I think um, one solution that the military could um, employ is really just removing the um, punitive charges or the punitive effect it would have if a military member goes to seek help with feelings of suicide. There's been multiple members who said outright, yeah, you know, I plan on committing suicide. It's in the third. And the military seems to kind of like shove you off and like wash your hands of you. It's like, well, let's go ahead and out-process you before you decide to take that action. And I feel like if, you know, we have all these psychiatrists and behavioral health techs and, you know, psychologists that work in the military, if we allow these members to go see those medical professionals without any punitive um, remarks on their reports and things yeah, that nature. No negative repercussions. Yeah. No. Yeah. No negative repercussions. I think it'll it'll probably more than likely help reduce the uh, amount of suicide we see in the military. That's actually really good. I didn't even think about that. Um, but that does happen. Like there's a they <laughs> there's they say there's nothing called reprisal mm-hmm. in the military, and that's a word I also want to throw in there. But there is, and uh, reprisal literally is you can get in trouble for. Um, 
doing what well, like hell yeah you get in trouble for not doing the right thing but saying or doing something that a senior ranking person yeah. doesn't that's in your chain of command yeah. doesn't like so basically if i'm your boss and you do something that i don't like it has nothing to do with the job necessarily but i'm going to make it about the job by not giving you your next promotion or i'm going to yeah. make it about yeah. the job by um giving other people special treatment over yourself which you know might just be something you're due anyway because you work at that job so that's kind of an idea of reprisal. And um, yeah, you're right. If punitive action were removed from that, I think that would be a huge thing. So guys, instead of keep, instead of uh, continuing, we're going to go ahead and cut it short here today. It's uh, 28, 29, uh, 20 minutes, 29 seconds. And I want to be true to my word, stick to what I said I was going to do, and I keep it under 30 minutes. I thought this was a really good conversation. Good, sir. I appreciate you for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Man. What you guys just heard, the little slap there, that was a, a handshake. Uh, the black handshake, <laughs> but uh, no, man, I appreciate you coming in, and um, we'll talk about you know next next chapter, next steps, um, probably a part two because we got to get to you know what what's the what's the next move now that we talked about the military, haven't been in, and uh, what we say to people, all the issues, what our next steps will be, and we can cover that in the next podcast, man. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on. You think you can come back and see us? Oh yeah, definitely looking forward to it, man. All right, man. Well, look, y'all have a good Monday, and just remember. Uh, life is what you make it, seize the day, all that positive stuff. Um, and make sure you have positive self-talk, guys, throughout the day. It, it's, it's all about what you're telling yourself as to whether or not a problem is a problem or a problem is something you can get through. Okay, so y'all take it easy. We're out of here.